Hello, and welcome once again to Cranky Commentaries. As always, my name is Jake Delmastro, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Did you get it? Get what? Get what? That was my, I was that was my silent hello. Oh. <laughs> okay, so um, if you haven't gathered, uh, today we are doing a uh, classic silent movie. Very classic. Uh, the classic, very classic, the classic Buster Keaton movie, The General, which you have just heard what is allegedly the original score to. Allegedly. Uh, Keaton, uh, I think I think we got to get something out of the way here uh, up front uh, before we get into it, because this might get confusing Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. So, I'm not, I don't know if we've actually ever discussed this, but your name is in fact Keaton, right? So and I've been told. Buster Keaton's name is Buster Keaton, which is not that common of a name. Are you in fact named after Buster Keaton? I mean, not directly. I think maybe it was there was something floating around, but I don't think it's a direct. One for one. Right, okay. I think that was definitely an influence. Okay. But I definitely was given a, the this movie fairly early. Yeah. So there's <laughs> that. But I don't know. But that being said, I'm going to call him Buster for the entire Yeah, exactly. I was... <laughs> we should... We're, to prevent confusion, we're just going to call him Buster yes. by his first name. Yes. Which isn't actually his first name, I don't think. It's not his real name. Yeah, Buster doesn't sound like a like a normal person's named, first name. He's named after his father. He's... Uh, I think he's like sixth in the line of Joseph Keaton's. So his dad, Joe Keaton, is in this movie, right? He is, yeah. He he plays who does he play? He plays one of the uh the uh union generals, I believe. Yes, he does. That's what he's listed as on IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> but he yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it quite quite uh soon. So should we just should we just jump into jump into it here? Sure. So the general's a nineteen twenty six action comedy drama film. Yeah. I I would say the emphasis would be on the action. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some good comedy in it. Like, it's action comedy, very intertwined. Yeah, it's like, it's, the, it's Rush it's... Hour. Yeah. No. <laughs> you don't agree? No, I mean, just because, like, I think that, obviously, in the fact that this is silent, Rush Hour has gags which this movie can't pull off. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, so do you want to give us uh, just... A little before we go any further, a brief uh, uh, breakdown of the plot. Okay, so um, what's the guy's name again? The guy who Buster Keaton oh, plays Johnny Gray. I think it doesn't matter. I don't know. Johnny Gray. Yes, it's Johnny Gray. So Johnny Gray is a um, is a railroad. Well, he he's a railroad engineer, right? He's he, a hapless uh, railroad engineer. So he drives the train, basically. Yeah. What does it say? His first love is trains or something? Yeah, sorry. His first, yeah. He has two loves. One for, like, uh, sorry, like his engine and then uh, his woman, was yeah, it? something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so he, he drives a train called the General in Georgia around the time of the Civil War. Yes, he does. So uh, the Civil War 
happens i guess and uh, and uh yeah so he tries to enlist in the uh confederate army uh his work as a railway engineer is deemed too uh too important to uh to allow him to enlist so he is rejected um although this is never made clear to him or anybody apparently no, it's and, hilarious uh, they don't yeah it's just that one guy like says it it's hilarious yeah and so basically his his uh his wife uh fucking basically wife, leaves him think. because he, she's not his wife? Well, I don't know. Or fiance, fiance or whatever she is. His girl back home or whatever. Yeah. She leaves him because she's embarrassed that he couldn't, you know, enlist or he was too much a coward to enlist. Yeah, and and then there's that like oh, it's so frustrating cuz he's like her her father and her brother go to enlist and they see that they don't see that he's the first in line you know he's the first yeah in line to yeah enlist, yeah and then they think that yeah. he, he didn't even get in line so they tell her that he didn't even get in line oh my god that's such a misunderstanding i mean you know are we gonna blame him for not enlisting in the confederate army yeah, i mean i was gonna wait from like i don't know <laughs> we should address that for sure at some point we'll get to that later <laughs> but we will get to that. Because uh, there's a, there's a, the end gets a bit rough there. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Actually, there was a really funny joke in this particular scene where he's, uh, he's getting the, um, where he gets rejected and he says, like, if you lose this war, don't blame yeah, it on don't me. Don't blame it on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, they did lose the war. Yeah, they lose the war as if, you didn't know. In case you didn't know, like whether it's lost the Civil War. Yeah. Um, uh, so several months or or about a year later or whatever, yeah. um, he's still going ahead, driving his train. You know, having a jolly old time. Although I guess he's sad because his his woman left and him. And the war is happening. And the war is happening as well. So uh, he's having a jolly old time, exactly. But... Yeah. But anyway, um, he happens to be on this train. That gets hijacked. His his uh, beloved general, his beloved engine, the general, is hijacked by um by Union soldiers. The rascals. The the damn you. Anyway, so (laughs) villains, those unionists. The villains of the story. American citizens. They uh they hijack the train, (laughs) and then he uh steals another or. Not steals. He what's the, what's, uh, commandeers. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. What's another the, what train is, is to go say? to go chase the train, and a train train chase ensues. Yes, and that's pretty much the entire movie. Yeah, and like, there's more plot to it, but I mean, really? I mean, not a lot. No, not really. <laughs> not really. It's like the 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 point of all of this is that the original people who stole his train are trying to uh, uh, prepare the Union army for a an ambush on the Confederate camp, basically. I don't think this film initially does a very good job of explaining all that. From what I gather, some of that is, like, by design. Because apparently, Buster Keaton was not a big fan of title cards. 
Yeah, I understand. That's clear in his very uh, sparing use of them. Yeah. Uh, so I think he kind of thought that the, the action could speak for itself. And for the most part, it does. But I think in those very specific scenes where they're kind of setting up the whole thing. Yeah, it's not. I think they could have used more than one title card explaining the plan. There's a bit of a lapse in... <laughs> In a plot communication there, but <laughs> it's not important because, as you yeah. say, it's all about the train chase. It's all about the train chase, and what a wonderful train chase oh, it it's is. such a good train chase. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, some initial thoughts. This was definitely my favorite silent film growing up, which still it still might be. Um, yeah. Though, I mean, obviously... I would say my favorite is Nosferatu, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We already did that one. We did already do that one. Uh... That would yeah. be that's close, that's close yeah. for sure. As we were just saying, I was definitely confused me as a kid the whole Confederate perspective thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll talk about that a bit more later on. It's there's not really much explanation for it. Like to be honest. Well, here's the fact. Here's the thing. So upon some initial reading, it, this is what it says. It says like it it, it didn't think Buster Keaton's like didn't think the public would accept the confederates as the villains okay which is the main question there is was this a decision actually made because of external factors mm -hmm. or was he just like a southern sympathizer <laughs> like i don't know he's not himself. southern for what i know no, right i don't think he is i mean he he's from kansas which was that even a state at the time yeah i don't know let's see I mean, his... Is he from Kansas? I could be fucking No, he was wrong. born in Hollywood Hills. No, it says he died in Hollywood Hills. He was born in oh, Kansas. Oh, did I misread that? Oh, I totally did. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. It says burial place, and I was reading... I thought that said birthplace. I am not an expert on uh, Civil War, on the Civil War, so I don't know. Was Kansas part of the South? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't think so. Uh, wait. Oh no, no, it was uh it was not. It was admitted to the Union in eighteen sixty one. As a free state, so not a slave state. There we go. Sorry, uh trying to get our civil war history here, correct. Yeah, yeah, you uh, gotta get that all right. Because Buster Keaton sure is hell sort of tried to, visually at least. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, literally, um, but maybe not exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so as we were getting at, like, so why did he why did he decide to make the South the good guys in this? And I'm I'm really not sure that it was a good decision even at the time because this movie was a fucking disaster financially. It was, but there's a lot of other factors for that, I think. I think you might be right that that's part of it. But I mean, well well so I'm saying like so like even if like so either he was wrong and that wasn't the right decision or clearly that wasn't the thing that was, was a make or break for this movie. Yeah. It was something else. It was, yeah, exactly. Totally. No, you're right. Yeah, that was that was definitely not the biggest issue with with the film in the end, I think. Or rather, the biggest issue that the public had with the film. Um, yeah. So I believe they just thought it was kind of... Uh, not substantial. They, yeah, I don't know. Like they, well, I do know they. They thought it was like not cohesive. You know, 
Right, yeah, yeah. Like, I think they didn't quite get the whole action-comedy blend. Right. And, you know, kind of this was also, like, towards the end of the silent era as well. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Had they had they been doing sound films yet? 1926, if they had... It was early on, I think. But anyway, so, you know, I think people were very much already used to this kind of film and they might be a little bit bored of like this sort of action Buster yeah, Keaton and style on, and we'll, as we'll get into it Buster Keaton like definitely like uh desensitized people to how awesome he is yeah in a way <laughs> it, like yeah I... <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a second but like all of those confederate details aside like just like it's a sick film in a lot of ways mm-hmm. <laughs> just like it's action packed. It's it's pretty fucking hilarious, and it's technically fascinating. Yes. Like I will admit, as a kid, I definitely fast forwarded through most of the non-train chase or distinct like bit scenes. Yeah, I mean, although once again, that's most of the movie is just train yeah, chase. Yeah, exactly. That's like seventy-five <laughs> percent of the movie. There's a bit of a lull in yeah. the middle, like when yeah. he first gets off the train, to then when he gets back on the train again. Because there's that whole bit in the... Anyway, so so you mentioned the budget. We'll talk about it a little bit more when we get in, in part two when we get to the production. But in terms of basic facts, the budget was obscenely high um, for a film of that era, of that time. It cost $750,000 in 1926 dollars, which in today's dollars adjusts to $11.25 million approximately. Which you know, yeah, which in today's movies, today would actually be a fairly cheap film. But I actually, I, I put in the outline here that there's just a little bit of a side note that I think we need to address about inflation. Oh yes, go on. Basically, uh, basically the way that they generally calculate inflation is using something called CPI, which is the Consumer Price Index, which is basically it's a, it's a collection of consumer goods and services that the average person is going to purchase. Right. So essentially, it it tries to measure the cost of living. Essentially, right. Uh, how, however, once again, these are like these are consumer goods. So it's like milk, so it, and it, eggs, and yeah. So it's it's not necessarily gonna like translate to like the cost of making a film, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because for example, like it doesn't take. For example, at the time when they made this, they didn't have like Hollywood unions and shit like that, which like actually made people pay stuff. Like pay people correctly, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's more complicated than just than just using CPI to yeah, do the totally. to like measure how expensive that really was at the time. Yeah, the an equivalent because but... even though it's only eleven and a half, eleven and a quarter million dollars, like only eleven and a quarter million dollars. Only, like... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the consumer goods doesn't include uh, a locomotive. I don't imagine. No, I don't think it does. <laughs> I don't think it does. So. How much did it make, do you think? Did you see? Have you seen? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the outline right now. So it, it made a million dollars in 1926, which was oh, probably it, I, a lot. I did put it on the outline. Yeah, it's yeah, that right is in front a of lot. Me. I forgot I put uh, it on however, the outline. I thought I only put the budget. If you subtract the budget... <laughs> of $750,000? Yeah. It's... <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. It's not great. Also, um, as we like, film budgets are kind of 
fake. Yeah, we've talked about this briefly before, I think. Yeah. We're, like, this is mostly, we... I'm sure even back in the t- back in the day, like, it was fake. Yeah. Like, I wonder if the 700, I mean, we'll talk about this afterwards. Yeah. But I wonder if the $750,000 includes all the lawsuits that <laughs> pay. I don't. I think. It, I think it does. To be honest, I think. Yeah. Okay. I think it includes all the. We'll talk about it. We'll talk. And mostly that's part two. Yeah. So we'll get. To, we'll. We'll save all that. Um. So mm-hmm. it, right now, let's let's talk about Buster some more. Um. Because we talked about him right. a bit. But let's talk about like. He's a strange character to come out of like film history, and as always, I don't want to get too lost in his individual story. Um, mm-hmm. because that's not what we're talking about. But, but that being said, there's some pretty relevant stuff. So we should just ever so briefly talk about his career leading up to that, or his life leading up to the that film. Uh, yeah, rather. for sure. So he was born not in Hollywood Hills. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's where he's currently buried. Actually, so if you want to go see his yeah. his grave, go ahead, go right ahead. Um, I'm sure it's. Exquisitely marked. Yeah, probably yes, yes. So he was born in uh in eighteen ninety five in Kansas, uh, directly into show business because his parents had a vaudeville act, um, which basically they started incorporating Buster into when he was three years old, and that's just like as early as there was record. They're probably doing it sooner. Did, have you seen the picture? Any pictures of it? I have. Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty questionably weird looking. It's weird looking. I mean, vaudeville yeah, always. I, mean, I don't know. It's it's always kind of weird looking. Like, do you want to give a what? How would you describe vaudeville? <laughs> you want me to describe? How about I? Uh, <laughs> I read. Um, Sort of the Wikipedia blurb on okay. it. Okay, sure, that's that'll do. Okay, vaudeville is a theatrical genre of variety entertainment born in France at the end of the 19th century. A vaudeville was originally a comedy without psychological or moral intentions, based on a comical situation, a dramatic composition or light poetry interspersed with songs or ballets. Became very popular in the United States and Canada from the early 1880s to, until the early 1930s. Really weird um, shit. But yeah, it's a weird, like, show. Variety kind show. Of thing. Yeah. But the description of the act, it just basically sounds like his dad just, like, beat him on stage. So his mom would play the saxophone on the side while Buster and his dad, Joseph, they would do a quote-unquote sketch where I think, what did it say? It said, like, Buster would, like be disobedient to his dad and his dad would get progressively angrier and angrier until it devolved into Joseph just throwing Buster cartoonishly into the set and like smashing the set just like with his son. Jeez. So just like they even uh, I think the Wikipedia page said that he like sewed like a suitcase handle into his clothing for like e- the easier gripping. To, oh like, so that they could pick him so up. So they could throw him easier. Jeez. And apparently they were arrested for child abuse several times. Jesus Christ. Because they would, like, take this on the road and, like, sometimes people, like, like, who knows, like, how, 
uh, it's hard to say. Uh, my opinion is that they should have been arrested for child abuse, but there's the other there's the other end where it's possible that it's just like you know, um, people not understanding that it's an act, and like yeah, that's true. And they were like traveling around. I don't know. It's it, it doesn't seem like or it's possible that like this was you know made up to promote the act. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I wanted to mention also, I forgot to mention this earlier, two things I forgot to mention earlier that I'll mention right now. First thing is that, like, I think a lot of uh, 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 details about Buster's life come from Buster himself. Yeah. And I don't know how true... You don't know if he's the most reliable narrator. Yeah, I don't know if he's the most trustworthy source about details on his life. <laughs> Yeah. And the the best example I would say is like I was reading that how he got the name Buster was like originally he said it was that he could like take a when he in these early vaudeville acts he could like take a beating or whatever so people someone in the act called him you're a real this kid's a real Buster you know he gets gets busted up or whatever. Um and because you know his dad's name's Joseph they just call him Buster. And then that story kind of like exaggerated and by the time he was like elderly like the last time he yeah. told the story he said that harry houdini gave him that name <laughs> yeah so it, it's uh... <laughs> yeah it's more and more exaggerated over time Yeah, it's like broken telephone but it's just him playing <laughs> um, and then the second thing is that i wanted to the because so much of my information comes from this one book that i wanted to mention it up top but then I forgot, so I'm mentioning it kind of like lower middle. Okay. Um, it's called Buster. It's called Buster Keaton Cut to the Chase by Marion Mead. Uh, so if if you want to know more about Buster Keaton's life, I just very very sparingly read a couple chapters of it that gave me some information. But there's a lot more stuff, and it seems like Buster Keaton had a pretty fucking fascinating life. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> it's definitely worth a read if you're interested in anything. Yeah, and he kept acting like uh, up until the end, pretty much, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. It like he was a silent film star for sure. I but think. there, yeah, he had like a little bit of a career resurgence in sort of the towards the end of his late fifties, early sixties, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did have a, a few a few things, but so yeah. So I don't think. Buster liked his father very much. Okay. Um, something the book said. I don't remember. I didn't write it down or anything. But like the book said, like uh, he he only really respected his father because he thought it was like quote unquote un-American or something to like not like your father. Uh, <laughs> right. But like, so he like respected his father because he was his father. But I don't think he liked him because. Eventually, like they abandoned his mother and his f and Buster, like abandoned his father uh, in San Francisco. They like fled to New York. Well, after a show, jeez, because apparently he was like a raging alcoholic, and like it was starting to affect their performance. I think Buster Keaton was twenty one at this time, and he'd been doing this whole his whole fucking life. Yeah, they flee while he's in a drunken stupor, and. Basically, Buster Keaton like falls into the film business in in New York, and then 
you know. Yeah, funny though that New York is uh, where the film industry is at this time. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, it makes sense, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know why the only reason why the film industry is in LA, right? Is it because they wanted a lawless place to do it? Basically, yeah. <laughs> so basically, it has to do with Thomas Edison. Uh, Fuck Thomas Edison. I've said this once and I'll say it again. Right. So he he owned um, like a lot of patents related to motion picture. Yeah. And he basically got every movie studio to pay him royalties on every movie, right? Yeah. So basically, um, the a bunch of people got together and they were like, okay, we're going to... We're going to make a bunch of movies, and then we're not going to pay your royalties. And <laughs> if you want to come make us pay, if you want to come get us, we'll be in L.A. Come at us. That's so sick. Yeah. Eat it, Thomas, you <laughs> fucker. So, yeah. so That's awesome. They moved to L.A. because they didn't want to pay Thomas Edison any money, and they wanted somewhere where he couldn't find them. Honestly, fills me with so much more respect for L.A. than I had. So, but anyway, the... um. He, uh, Bell Buster Keaton. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is. Yeah. He, well, he was so, okay. He, the first thing basically he did in New York was like get into a film with, uh, I imagine you've heard of, uh, Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. Have I? No, you have you? I don't know. He's a silent film star. I don't think I have. He's like, he's of the generation just, just before Buster Keaton. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I almost fell down a fatty Arbuckle rabbit hole, uh, but I quickly caught myself <laughs> before I got too deep. Yes. So let's just say look into him if you don't know anything about him because it's weird, weird story. He got accused of murder, but long story short, Buster cut his teeth making films with, with Arbuckle for a couple of years, mm -hmm. and then he got the attention of uh, Arbuckle's producer at United Artists. A guy, coincidentally, also named Joseph. Um, Joseph Schenk, I believe it's pronounced. I would imagine that's how that's pronounced. Yeah, I don't know. Um, everyone knows I'm not so good at those, so I never like to assume. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot to do the uh, pronunciation I mean, guide. It's S-H-E-N... It's gotta be Schenk. Schenk, yeah. What else would it be, Schenk? Yeah, maybe Schenk. <laughs> Schenk, I don't know. I don't know, it's make any fucking sense at all. No, stupid. Um, not the name, my pronunciation. But yeah, this guy, this producer, really liked what he saw, so he gave, uh, basically he gave Buster Keaton a whole production crew to himself. So he just like, here's unlimited money, make me some films. Okay, so maybe, like... If you're not too familiar with 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 Buster Keaton, uh, like, do you maybe want to like go over why why you think Buster Keaton is so incredible and why he would have been noticed so uh, well? So obviously, because like I don't think we've really gotten to like what makes him good. That's what I was just about. What to, makes that's Buster Keaton? What I was just yeah. about to get into. Uh, yeah, were like the films he made. Uh, and what he was known for. So let's just start with like, what's what shot do you associate him with, like in your head? What's the first thing you think of? Just 
Um, I'm curious. A lot of the things where he's like falling off a building or some <laughs> shit, or like you know, <laughs> jumping between trains. Yeah, I mean, other than this movie, for me, it was that one shot where he's standing there, and then the the front like the house falls on the him. The front of the house falls, and just and then the, the yeah, open yeah. window. Yeah, so he's kind of um, really big into like visual comedy. Yes. Is kind of his shtick. Um and often doing very elaborate stunts. Yeah, he does visual gags often at the expense of his own safety. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um I'm surprised that Buster Keaton lived to age seventy. I am shocked that he lived through the years nineteen twenty to nineteen thirty. Like, yeah. some of the shit he did, like, he broke his neck, he, like, shattered his elbow, he, like, like, if you've seen any of his films, you you just see how he throws himself around, even in this movie, in, like, throwaway gags, he, he's, like, sacrificing his body for the gag, like, yeah, even just, like, the scene, uh, um, where they're not it's after he gets off the train the first time and he's just rescued what's her name um and they're in the woods and it's raining he just does this like one thing he like leaps out of the, out of the side of the frame and like lands on yeah. his stomach it's like oh that looks so painful but it's just for the visual yeah gag um, apparently like he he was also like just very super like um in, in, intent on making sure that everything was real because he didn't he didn't believe that the audience would believe it if he did some kind of trick yeah <laughs> he was like it's a very weird because it's such a different philosophy to filmmaking back then like yeah it's not also once again actors unions did not exist yes, very very <laughs> i mean that's why he he had to star in all his films because no one else could or would do the stuff he wanted to it's true yeah if, if if so, like that's why. Like I mean, I'm not an actor, but if somebody asked me to do that, I'd be like, "Fuck no, no. fuck it." Especially that house thing. Like that was that the. If you, yeah. again, you should look that up. I forgot what movie is it from. I think it's. Uh, yeah, I I I don't remember what movie it's from, but yeah, uh, it's. Uh, if they fucked, if they like, got anything wrong with the alignment of that, like frame, like he would have been killed. Yeah, that, it was two tons. <laughs> was the full weight of it so he would have just been flattened. yeah and i'm surprised or i guess i guess things did fuck up but i'm surprised that nothing fucked up fatally <laughs> yeah exactly that's the thing is so many things did fuck up but it never seemed to be fatal um during one of his films yeah. he did a stunt where he like stood under a water tower and then like they like opened it and all the water fell out onto him uh mm -hmm. and obviously that's a lot of water and it like it, it broke yeah. his neck which he didn't oh. he didn't find out until years later apparently because he just like kept going and then like years later a doctor How do you was like not know that your neck is broken it happens it ha like it happened to my really? grandma actually like <laughs> oh yeah jeez yeah you find out later how does that happen obviously it's not like the worst break at that yeah. stage but still right probably hurt a lot like wasn't he knocked unconscious like while he was filming this movie yeah totally and in this film when the uh during the canon scene we'll talk about that a bit more this is kind of we're, yeah. we're veering into production territory true sure so uh 
but yeah, basically what you gotta know is that like Buster Keaton did ridiculous stunts all the time. Exactly. Like he was kind of like the uh the fucking Jackie Chan of the nineteen twenties. Basically. He was like the physical Charlie Chaplin. Like Charlie Chaplin did some physical stunts, but he didn't throw himself around to the same degree. There was a lot more danger in Buster Keaton's films than in Charlie Chaplin's films. Yeah, because I think Charlie Chaplin wisely didn't want to get injured. Yeah, he didn't. Like Buster Keaton's definitely a weirder. Like they're both crazy dudes for sure. Um, there was also speculation that Buster Keaton couldn't read. Really. Maybe that's why he didn't like the title cards. I think that that's it could be possible because like it it is just speculation and he even he admitted because of his upbringing he he like I'm paraphrasing but he said like he he didn't uh he didn't learn to read and write till a later age than normal he said. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's possible he just wasn't good exactly. at it. That's kind of more what I'm thinking, but there was enough that it was yeah. included in this book, this whole paragraph of this speculation that he couldn't read because no one saw him do it. Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't find that that implausible. Like, that seems reasonable. Yeah, he was born in 1895 to some crazy yeah. dude father who threw him around for his, till yeah. he was 21 years old when he literally ran away <laughs> and started making movies. Or it's possible that, like, you know... Maybe he could read, and then he got concussed so many times while doing stunts. Yeah, also that a possibility. Just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> also, very much a possibility. So I suppose it's time that we we sort of move on to the uh, the genesis of this film specifically. Yes, we've been rambling about Buster himself a bit. Yes. <laughs> so basically, uh, the idea for this film came when Buster was working on his 1926 film The Battling Butler. Yes. His uh his writing partner Clyde Bruckman uh brought him a book called The Great Locomotive Chase, which is based on a true story, correct? Yes, it is based on a <clears throat> true. I said based on a true story. <laughs> based on a true story. Yes. <laughs> uh now like naturally this tickled uh Buster's uh <laughs> It tickled Buster's interests because Buster was a big fan of trains. Yes, he was. And I don't really know where he picked this up, but apparently he had always been obsessed with trains. So this this uh, this book was right. And this is not the last train film he would make either. No, it's not, is it? I totally forgot about that. No. <laughs> what's, that what's the other one called? Are you, ta- are you talking about the, the National Film Board movie? The, uh, the, the, what's, your, what's it called again? He did the movie in Canada. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. The Railroader. <laughs> when was that? 1965. Wow. When did he die? Oh, he died 1966. Wow. Yeah. So that was one of the last movies he ever wow. made. Yeah, so he gets this book that he thought would make an excellent film, except... Uh, <laughs> um. He thought the perspective of the book was a little bit wrong for film because, as it happens, as we were mentioning uh, earlier on in the episode, the book was from the perspective of the Union soldiers. And Buster thought that the the fact that they were quote-unquote raiders was not good. Right. So is he basically saying because, because in the context of this story, at least, 
the union was the aggressor. Yes, which that's kind of what I think we might the the piece of information we might have been missing earlier. It's possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see how he would think that, but yeah, <laughs> because, because the character he created, Johnny Gray, is yeah. not a real person. No, that's true. Um, it it wouldn't make sense for him to be in the, because it it wouldn't necessarily, because he's just supposed to be kind of like a a hapless kind of dude, right? Yeah, it wouldn't really make sense that he was a Union soldier. Exactly. Or a soldier at all, really. Exactly. So, like, the story that Buster chose to tell, I guess, only made sense from the story, or from, the rather, the perspective of the... Or not only made sense, it's just you want... He wanted, yeah, he wanted to be able to tell that... I mean, you know, to to some extent, we're, like, trying to get into, like, you know, his head and... You know, I don't know how well we're going to be able to do that, but <laughs> oh, I can no. I can see a. Uh, sorry, I said no. You don't think we'll be able to to get into his head? Yeah, I can see a version of events where that's his thought process. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I can see that as well, but it is also hard to say. It is also possible that he just thought, you know, people would prefer seeing. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Who the fuck knows? There's no point in me sitting here speculating. So let's just move right on. Um, I find it conceivable that he could have changed the movie to just not have anything to do with the Civil War. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, the Civil War is pretty important, though. I mean, it's just a train chase, though, essentially. I know, but then there's that, like, you forget that there's that whole Civil War reenactment scene at the end, which is, like, one of the most accurate Civil War reenactment silent films I don't know. Maybe he could have said it during the Mexican-American well, War. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is it's so it's so weird that it is coincidentally so accurate, even though yeah. the Civil War aspect's not actually that important to a lot of it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, like because he did, he did, he created a story that exists entirely outside of the actual. Like the two main characters aren't actually soldiers. Like Johnny Gray, the whole point is he's not a soldier. Yeah. Although damn sure he tried. Yeah, he damn sure fucking tried. <laughs> I think we've uh we've kind of uh attempted without uh success to try to get into his head and see why he did this uh decision, but I I'm, I'm not sure we're gonna it's know just so really. Confounding. <laughs> yeah. I just wanna like <laughs> I just it just keeps gnawing at my brain. Short of like, you know, resurrecting Buster Keaton. Like, like I don't know how we're gonna figure this out. Crack that motherfucker's skull open and see what's in there because <laughs> Alright, let's drive to Hollywood Hills. Yeah. <laughs> we know where he's buried. But the um the so Buster was gonna first of all he was gonna buy the film rights to the book, but his lawyers mm-hmm. advised him that it had just entered the public domain, so don't buy it, just do it. <laughs> Just make the movie. Oh. <laughs> so he didn't. That's funny, because also this uh, this film is now in the public. I know, I, I found that full circle. I watched this movie on YouTube for free. Yeah, I know. I, I watched it on archive.org. But, uh, same difference. Yeah. If, if, you want, if you want to watch this movie, do not hesitate. Just, just fucking <laughs> go on YouTube or archive.org and search The General. You'll find it's it. It's there, yeah. In HD. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> available for you to watch. It's public. Although you won't get the original soundtrack. 
no well that's a whole conversation we'll we'll talk about that later i think we'll talk about that in part two (laughs) yeah um because i think every time we do a silent film that's gonna come up yeah it's true but it's uh it's a it's a quality of silent films i think so uh what what do we got now the last piece of information is that the location manager, uh, Bert Jackson, found them yeah. a small, picturesque Oregon railroad on which to shoot. And this is a line owned by a, a small company that went d- d- defunct in the 60s, but has since been reinvigorated, called the Oregon Pacific Eastern Railway. Yeah. And this railway also coincidentally owned two Civil War era locomotives, so it was the perfect place for them to begin their filming. I, I never really thought about that, but I guess this whole thing would have had to been filmed on a railroad that wasn't in use. Yeah, yeah they need one that isn't in use. Yeah. I mean, I think it was so. kind of in use. We'll talk about it in part two. But right. Um, but yeah, but before we talk about that, like then the epic production uh, that we're going to tackle, as I say in part two, uh, I believe it's time for uh, a particular segment. Oh, yeah? What segment is that? Um, well, I believe Merriam-Webster's <laughs> dictionary. Did you did you look this up? <laughs> well, one of one, I believe you could describe it as the property as of a statement. Of being in accord with the fact of reality. <laughs> That's a very good, very good, uh, very good, uh, very good description of what that is. And what would you call said property? I, I, I believe. Would you call it? Hello, and welcome to our fantastic segment about the logical negation of falsehood, and that is the truth. Keaton, that is the truth, yes. What do we have here today? Welcome. Um, so, we uh, hinted at it earlier, uh, but we're just going to go into a lot more detail. This is another, we're on a run here of some very accurate truth sections. Um, yes. So, 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 um, just for those of you who are new to the podcast, the truth is the segment where we dig deep to get to <laughs> the very bottom of oh, yes. some the bottom, all right. mystery or, uh, or behind the scenes information or, or possibly, <laughs> you know, extraterrestrial <laughs> information (laughs) about the film or tangentially related yes exactly and we uncover the truth yes exactly and and in the last couple of weeks we've been on a good run in terms of uh uh, getting to the actual facts of uh what was it accordance with reality um exactly like that whole bit about the doggone tribe that was uh was enlightening (laughs) some of the things i've said on this segment have been accused of not being in accordance with reality which i would disagree with but but that's neither here nor there as i alluded to earlier uh 
this week we're going to talk about the great locomotive chase. Oh, the real event? <laughs> Hells yeah, the real event. Okay. The book is, uh, it's, so it's written by a guy named uh, William Pitten, Pittenger. Um, yeah. And it's basically, it's a memoir of his experience as a Union soldier um, in a clandestine secret spy operation uh, where they hijack a train and take it take it back north, burning bridges and snipping uh, uh, cables as they go, all while being chased down. So it's a pretty epic story. Uh, I read the first chapter of it. I, w- I was hoping to read more of his actual book, but man, it's it's pretty exciting. So I suggest you look into it. Mm, yeah, um, I do that. So, although a- this this is also a book that is written from uh, a person that was there, right? Yeah. It is potentially exaggerated. It it may not be, you know. Well, yes. <laughs> fully verified. It is not fully verified. <laughs> but essentially so there's two versions of it. The first version was a memoir called um I believe it was Suffering and Sacrifice or Death and Sacrifice something like that. Um and that was uh that was released in like 18 like before the war was even o- over and i i think i think mm-hmm. some of the people involved have been corroborated but the actual events yeah i think are are the degree of their uh <laughs> um the epicness with which they were described in the book <laughs> has been qu- questioned a little bit but the actual fact of the the uh, uh expedition let's call it is true. So let's talk about let's talk yeah. let's go into that a bit. So so we we know that there was a chase that happened. Yes. This whole operation was actually organized by a civilian um by the names of James Andrews um who was according to his Wikipedia page a Kentucky-born civilian. Um, serving as a secret agent and scout in uh, Tennessee. Um, Mm. So this whole thing was his idea. He basically was a spy, and he came up with the plan to go steal a train. So so, uh, Kentucky was was neutral during the war, right? Yeah. Okay. So presumably he could have been from either side um yeah he yeah he could have been from either side presumably but he was described in the book as like the most uh uh uh, upstanding seeming southern gentleman they'd ever seen and they were like they assumed when they first saw him that he was a he must have been a spy for the other side because he seemed so oh he must have been a spy for the the confederacy they assumed he was a confederate because of like he seemed like a southern gentleman <laughs> right okay huh. he proposed a daring raid uh that would destroy the western and atlantic railroad as a useful reinforcement and supply link to chattanooga from atlanta and the rest of georgia he recruited the men known later as the andrews raiders which was 23 
essentially volunteer Union soldiers from three Ohio regiments. And essentially they like all split up and met in Marietta, Georgia by midnight of April 10th. Um, and then the plan was to steal a train on its run north towards Chattanooga, stopping to damage or destroy tra track, bridges, telegraph wires, and track switches behind them uh, to, so as to prevent the Confederate Army from being able to move troops and supplies from Atlanta to Chattanooga. The, the Raiders plan to cross through the Federal siege lines on the outskirts of Chattanooga and, rejoins Mitch and rejoin Mitchell's army. So, originally... The first they they tried it once and they all met up um in Marietta, and then because mm -hmm. they the the plan was they were gonna meet up with this engineer, this Confederate engineer who essentially was like the fulcrum of the plan, um, mm -hmm. and he was gonna help them steal the train, and he was gonna like because he knew all the details, um, and he fucking jumped ship like as soon as they all arrived in in Marietta. So they were all just like stranded in Marietta um, <laughs> with no plan basically. <laughs> and apparently Andrews was like asking them if they had a, a, a... it's like, do any of you guys have like engineering experience? Does anybody know how to drive a train? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what it was. <laughs> but anyway, they all they all just abandoned ship and like came back. But this crazy motherfucker wanted to do it again, so they did. Um Wait, so they attempted it once and failed. Essentially. Yes. Is what you're yes, saying. but they didn't get very far. <laughs> like they didn't actually get right. They just all they assembled, and then they the uh, engineer bailed, and they <laughs> they all bailed. Right. So undeterred, however, James J. Andrews comes back. Right. And then they steal a train called the Texas. Or sorry, no, they they steal the general. Obviously. Right. But this time they brought an engineer with yeah, them. Yeah, I believe they brought it. They brought their own engineer. Um. I mean, how hard could it be to drive a train? It only goes in a straight line. I mean, yeah, Buster Keaton makes it look pretty easy. I mean, he does it while not even, like, being in the... Where do you drive the train from? I don't know. Yeah. Somehow he does it from on top of the train and behind the he's train. All over and the train. in front of yeah, the train. Yeah, it looks like you just have to push yeah. the lever and that <laughs> day it just goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so... The raid began on April 12, 1862, when the regular morning passenger train from Atlanta uh, with the locomotive General stopped for breakfast at the Lacey Hotel. They took the General oh. and the train's three boxcars, which were behind the, behind the tender in front of the passenger cars. Um, mm -hmm. The passenger cars were left behind. Uh, Andrews had previously obtained from the work crew a crowbar for tearing up track. The train's conductor, William Allen Fuller, and two other men chased the stolen train first on foot and then by handcar belonging to a work crew. So that's exactly <laughs> the movie. Yeah, it is. So it looks like Fuller seems to be our uh, Johnny Gray. Our Johnny Gray here. Right. So, but did they actually get another train to chase them with yes they got the okay. texas i think you have to take into account spy work in the civil war it's just a bunch of dudes like it's not organized you know like i think no it doesn't sound like I it think is this was 
all very seat of the pants because it seems like they saw another train and Andrews was just like, we should take that other train. But then it turns out there was like, <laughs> Yeah, why not, man? Yeah, it's it's like, there. Here. <laughs> but then there was like a bunch of workmen and he was like, ah, maybe we could fight them. Nah, it's too much work. We'll leave that train. <laughs> right. <laughs> But so their main objective was not just to steal the train, but to damage the railway. Exactly. The train was actually not really important at all. The point was to to destroy this supply line, this important Confederate supply right. line. And they were... So why did they need a train in the first place then? That's a good question. <laughs> I think it's just the best way to do it, you know? Because it's probably right, okay. like... Because then they could run away quickly. Exactly. Like you're on the line going really fast. Right, okay. I mean, I guess you could just, you know... It seems like they put a lot of work... Yeah, why not just blow up the bridges? Yeah, just, like, send some, like, <laughs> secret missions to go do that instead. It seems like they just yeah. gave this Andrews guy a lot of money. To just... And yeah. And he was like, yeah, go fuck some shit up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the other thing, is they, they said, like, when they were in the town, they were super highfalutin and, like, didn't... Really? Didn't, like, they like, yeah, oh, well, yeah, we had tons of money. That wasn't an issue. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, I mean, it sounds like it was just, like, the Union didn't particularly care how they damaged this railroad. Yes, but. Like, they just basically were like, oh, you want to go fuck up some railroads in the South? Sure, here's some money. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And then Andrews was like, "Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a train, yeah. right?" And so he and he was like kind of in contact with a general, um, mm-hmm. apparently, allegedly. Like this is all what it says right. in the book. So, so wait, so so Andrews Andrews didn't write the book, did he? No, no. It was one of the guys who what was his name? William Pittenger was his name. Right. So finally. Basically, they get chased down. A lot of shit goes on. Finally, just 18 miles from Chattanooga, with the locomotive out of fuel, uh, Andrew's men abandoned the general and scattered. Andrew's and all of his men were caught within two weeks. Ultimately, Mitchell's attack on Chattanooga failed, the General Mitchell. So ultimately, Mm -hmm. it didn't work out. Right. So it was fruitless. And the Andrews was immediately executed upon being caught. Okay. So, so Confederate forces charged all the raiders with quote unquote acts of unlawful belligerency. Um <laughs> Okay, that's a interesting way of putting yeah. it. And basically spies. Yeah. Um Is Grand Theft Train not a crime? <laughs> apparently not yet. Grand Theft Locomotive. Grand Theft Locomotive. But yeah, he yeah. was executed, uh, and seven others were executed. A couple people escaped. So the whole operation was a complete failure. It was a complete failure, yes, but you know what? It wasn't for naught, because you know what the American army got out of it? What did they get? The Medal of Goddamn Honor. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? The, so... <laughs> This is the first mission that for American soldiers received the Medal of Honor for. Really? 
Yeah. I assume it was like awarded posthumously though because yes. they were executed. Yes, but guess guess who didn't get a medal of honor because he wasn't a soldier. Uh, oh, uh, Andrews. <laughs> yeah. Damn, yeah. It's a bummer. I mean, did he get anything? I don't know medals. Did he get the presidential medal of freedom? Maybe. Maybe. I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe it does. Let's click on his Wikipedia page. Maybe it has like awards. None that I can see. So there's that's okay. that's your train chase story. Obviously, some similarities, some differences. Um, so uh, maybe that's another reason why uh, Buster Keaton didn't want to do it from the point of the union because it failed from their perspective. It's true. It did fail from. Yeah, it's true. Because, like, normally you want the protagonists to win in the end, right? No, that's a good point. That is a good point. It just is, like, there's a lot of weird questions, but I guess that is a good reason. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll get, there's a lot more to question, but we'll, we'll question it yeah. in the next episode because it all kind of leads So that production. is the truth? That is the truth, yes. Wow, I feel so, uh, so much more informed. As you should. <laughs> exactly. So, uh... Thank you for listening to our uh, our episode. Uh, should we maybe plug the the new Discord? Hell's yeah, we should. Yeah. Okay. We've got a new Discord. Uh, we've got a Discord uh, 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 server. Um, now the real question is, is how we're gonna get you on it. Uh, yeah. So we'll put a we'll put a link on the link tree that we have, and then you can get there from our. Instagram or there you go. some of our social media or whatever. So yeah, any social media. So if you want to chat yeah, about... So there will be links to it on on our social media. Yeah. When this episode comes out. Yeah, so we'll we'll post some... Try and post some stuff in there, see how active it is. I don't know. It will, it'll, it, yeah. I imagine we're a small operation. I imagine it'll be a slow-growing thing, but if you want to... If you, you want to, yeah, come hang out. Come talk to us. Uh yeah, join join our Discord server. You can join our Discord, send us a message, or talk about movies in general if you want. Hells yeah, it'll be good time. Um, good times. Yeah, and as always, you know, follow and and whatever. Yeah, I don't do know. all the. I don't know. <laughs> subscribe. You know, if you could just subscribe to yeah, us. Yeah, if you could just do that, that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Right, so uh, I think that's all we have for this week, yep. but we will be back. We'll be back with much more next week. Next week, all right.